Hailing frequencies open, and welcome to Star Trek Discoverage, the live podcast that boldly goes into excruciating detail about this week's episode of Star Trek Discovery. I'm your host, Aaron Coker, a.k.a. Caliban, and just a tip, in case you're ever sucked 1,000 years into the future and all your skills become useless, start boning up on humpback whale knowledge. Joining me on the show, as usual, is my co-host. She's also the co-host of the Generations Geek podcast, a more or less family-friendly celebration of geekdom. It's Ella Pearson. Ella, welcome back to Discoverage. Ella, here we are. Once again, in the 15th week of 23 weeks of Trek. And I need your opinion, Ella. I need to know how you think it's going so far. I mean, I think it's going I think it's going good. There are moments, you know, not to get too deep right off here at the start, there are moments that I do feel are um fan servicey. But um, <laughs> Well Yes. That's the brand, yes. Going I think it's going quite well. I'm very pleased. Yep. <laughs> uh, I am uh, I am fairly pleased myself. Let's see how our other guest feels. She is the co-host of the Just Enough Trope podcast, as well as the Sailor Noob podcast, both shows here on the Just Enough Trope network. It is Mika and Hana back on the show. Mika, welcome back to Discoverage. Thank you. Good to be here. Uh, I'm not going to ask you what's going on on the Just Enough Trope show. I'm going to ask you instead what's going on yeah. <laughs> on your other shows. What's going on in the network? Yeah, so we've been busy with uh, Co-Videos, which is um, a show that we've started during the pandemic and has continued during the course of the pandemic. Um, And we just, um, I have a list of movies that I haven't seen. And uh, you also have a list of movies that you haven't seen, although some are, are our favorites, you know. And uh, we we select a movie from each of our lists each week, and then we just talk about it. It's um, it's a lot of fun. Uh, this last week, uh, we talked about my my film that I had not seen before was uh, The Crow, and uh, and then your pick was something that uh, is one of your favorites because we needed a little ray of sunshine. Uh, and that's uh, Walk Hard, the Dewey Cox story. After The Crow, I needed something to, to pick me back up. <laughs> yeah, exactly. After 30 hours of pain and suffering. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, those are good uh, picks. Those are sort of like fun picks. But uh, we yeah. do talk about uh, movies more classic in nature. And we yeah, as, as a show, it was sort of like, hey, uh, let's do this fun thing while we're inside. You know, it won't go very long because we've got to get back outside. And then, oh, no, we did a show for a year. So let's make it into like a real thing. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, and then um, Sailor Noob is is doing well. Uh, we yeah. are uh, we are now talking about Sailor Moon R, which is the second season of uh, Sailor Moon. Uh, and yeah, it's, it's, you know, different, different bad guys, um, but, um, and some different aspects of the show, but, uh, we're having fun with it and talking about all sorts of, um, different things culturally. Um, this last week on the show, we, we, the, our show that just came out, we, we talked about VR in Japan, so... (laughs) Yeah, but like not like cool uh, Oculus Rift VR, like the big 
uh, plastic, uh, you know, uh, bright red uh, helmet that you put on and then you like flail around, you know, like you're the lawnmower man or something like that. <laughs> we talked about like cool stuff, too, that uses like uh, the newer technology. But, yeah, we talked about some of the more clunky stuff shooting, as well. Shooting pterodactyls and stuff like that. Yes, exactly. <laughs> old school. Uh, old, and, old time uh, VR. Uh, old time VR. And then the, the, the virtual boy, right? Game oh boy. Yes. Stab <laughs> VR, which yeah. did not go very well. The virtual boy, <laughs> the thing that you play and uh, in your uh, your 2020 goes 2021, 22, 23, 24, every second you play, you get more and more blind. Yeah. <laughs> Well, technology's come a long way in our time and, of course, in Star Trek as well. And we'll talk about that uh, right now, actually, because there's no real news to talk about. Uh, we'll just jump right into the show. We're talking about the fifth episode of Star Trek Discovery Season 3, an episode called Die Trying. We're here to break it down for you, and we've got a lot to talk about tonight. Before we start, as always, we're setting a course for the Spoiler Zone listeners, so be warned. We're, we're glad you decided to join us, but if you haven't seen the episode, spoilers are incoming right now. The official synopsis for Die Trying is, after reuniting with, with what remains of Starfleet and the Federation, the USS Discovery and its crew must prove that a 930-year-old crew and starship are exactly what this new future needs. That sounds like a uh, pitch for a season of the show. This episode was written by, uh, the teleplay was written by Sean Cochran, who has worked as a staff writer on the show. Uh, he's also written uh, several episodes like Despite Yourself, New Eden, and of course Die Trying. And he wrote the story with James Duff. Duff uh, wrote the Star Trek Enterprise first season episode, Fortunate Son. He also wrote the uh, co-wrote the teleplay for the Star Trek Picard episodes, Remembrance, and The End is the Beginning. This episode was just directed by Maya Virillo, who is a, uh, a sta- basically a roster director for Discovery, we've talked about before, has directed episodes like Perpetual Infinity, and also directed the Short Trek Runaway and the Star Trek Picard episodes, Impossible Box, and Broken Pieces. The start date for this episode is, get, get used to these long dates, uh, 8.02, 8.01. You can hear some. I can hear you messing with your headset, Mikan Hana. Sorry. <laughs> Guilty as charged, to quote oh, Dewey Cox. Uh, here, are, <laughs> here are some facts from our memory banks about this episode. Um, erroneous, erroneously, uh, a little correction from last week, David Ayala does not appear in this episode, and he wasn't even credited, so I don't know what I was thinking. Uh, this is also the first episode of the series in which Michael Burnham takes command of the Discovery. Finally, she finally got there, and she finally gets to give the Black Alert La Jump Command. Uh, there's a couple guest stars from this episode we should talk about. Uh, Odid Fair appears as Admiral Charles Vance. Fair is probably best known for playing Ardeth Bay in The Mummy and The Mummy Returns. He's also appeared in the Resident Evil movies and in Deuce Bigelow, as well as many TV appearances on shows like Covert Affairs and NCIS. Strangely, as he does everything, David Cronenberg appears on the episode as Kovich. David Cronenberg probably wants to be remembered as the writer and director of cult sci-fi classics like The Fly, Videodrome, Dead Ringers, and Existence, as well as critically praised dramas like A History of Violence and Eastern Promises. But yes, he also sometimes appears in his own films and other productions. He's had guest roles on uh, Alias and also the new, uh, um, I think, Mika, you've watched this, Alias Grace. The miniseries. Play in Alias 
great. Uh, old guy, I guess, with or without glasses. But I think it's funny that he was on Alias and Alias Grace. So he's like, hey, just send me whatever you got if it's got Alias sure. on it. That's fine. Yeah, right. If it, it's got Alias, put me in it. He was going to be on the Jessica Jones show, but they changed the name from uh, Alias Jessica Jones to just Jessica Jones. <laughs> And he's also appeared in films such as Jason X, Extreme Measures, and To Die For. Brendan Beiser plays Eli, the EMH. He is the bow tie wearing EMH that we see uh, at certain points in the episode. He's a Canadian actor with many TV roles to his name, and he might be most famous for his role as Agent Pendrell on The X Files. He also appeared as Mr. Lat. Latlin, I believe, in the Canadian series Degrassi, The Next Generation, and as Jeff, recently on Amazon's The Boys. Jake Epstein appears as Dr. Addis, who runs the seed, uh, seed Vault. Epstein is also a Canadian actor who also appeared on Degrassi, The Next Generation, as Craig <laughs> Manning, a role that he reprised on the recent Degrassi reboot, Next Class. He's uh, had recurring roles on the series Designated Survivor and Suits, and he appeared in Drake's video for I'm Upset, which reunited the casts of uh, Degrassi, uh, but no, no Brendan, he Brendan Beiser in that one, strangely. Did you see that video? No. I probably should watch it. Is Ella, uh, is Ella, Ella are you on? I'm here. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Ella, did you see that Degrassi Drake video? Did you get it? Have you seen Degrassi? I've seen, I've seen, I've seen nothing that we've talked about. That's why I've been silent. I haven't seen Alias. <laughs> Not even Degrassi but I'm here next ready. class. <laughs> no, not even. All right, that's enough Degrassi talk. <laughs> Vanessa Jackson appears as Lieutenant Willa. Jackson's career is just getting started, but she played a shuttle pilot uh, rescued by the X-Men in the beginning of X-Men Dark Phoenix and also played an FBI agent uh, in an episode of DC Universe's Titans. So, new actor. And I want to take a minute to shout out two actors who have appeared often on Discovery but who maybe don't get the credit uh, that they deserve because they play heavily made-up aliens. Uh, David Benjamin Tomlinson um, has appeared as Linus the Saurian for all of uh, Linus's appearances on the show. He's also played various other alien roles in the series. And uh, uh, Hava Black Blackwell appears as um, an Osnalus science officer uh, when we see the, the flyhead uh, on the bridge of the Discovery. She also played an Osnalus trader in the uh, That Hope Is You uh, when they go to the trading planet in that one uh before we get to the uh sort of the recap and review of the episode let's touch on our theories uh for right now i have a um i got a hot theory that i want to run by everybody but first it's it's going to blow everything out so first do you guys have any theories that you want to talk about <laughs> oh i was not prepared um hmm I don't think I do either, if that makes you feel better. I feel like I, at least this episode, I was really just along for the ride. I felt very entranced. I don't think I was, I wasn't thinking very far ahead. Well, um, I guess I'll just get to my theory then. Uh, <laughs> I think that they are getting ready to move Michael Burnham off the show. What? That's my really? crackpot theory. This show, this whole Why? series has been her for this long. And, yeah. you know, for the first four episodes, we had this whole, 
uh, Michael, uh, maybe she didn't belong here. You know, maybe she's got another destiny. Maybe she is too restrained by Starfleet. That gets tamped in for this episode as they sort of return to Starfleet proper and they are um, having to observe proper um, protocol and stuff like that. And she sort of, you know, swallows her pride and bites back, you know, what she wants to do. Um, Just, hey, let's just, you know, take the ship and just go figure this out. They can't stop us. Um, But I think we've got a lot of episodes left. And I also think that Sonequa Martin-Green is... You know, I think she's bigger than this show. I think that she could do, like, her own show. I think that she could do something else in the Star Trek universe. Or she could go off and do movies. I mean, once Space Jam 2, A New Legacy comes out, you know, who knows how high her stock is going to go. And maybe she doesn't want to do this forever. I mean, I, I I see what you're saying. I guess I'd be a little surprised if that if that came into play so soon. Well, uh, we're, we're three years in. Surprised. I know, I know, we're three years in, but I, I just would be, um, I, I would, it would shock me. <laughs> I'm a little shocked. Well, right how now. long was she on The Walking Dead before she left that? That's a good question. Like six, I have like, no, I, like no what, idea. Like five, at least five, four or five seasons, right? I feel like she was on there for a long time. Yeah. And then she left once. We already knew that she was going to be on Star Trek because I remember. I remember. Oof, spoilers. I remember watching her last episode on Walking Dead, and I was like, I know that she's leaving because she's going to be on Star Trek. Yeah, so I feel yeah. Like, I don't know. Also, what's the honestly? I feel like, you know, I mean, you've been right many times before, but the movie scene post COVID is a little iffy. It's true. You know what I mean? Like, if I were her, I would stick in television. You know, they didn't, do, there wasn't a lot of filming done this year, but everybody, uh, A, is optimistic, and B, has to make deals, or, you know, they'll die. Like, we've, we've got to figure something out uh, as far as the movie business goes. Mm-hmm. And so they're still cutting deals, and they're still making things, but... Um, I don't know. It's just a it's just a thought I had because otherwise I can't figure out what they're trying to do with her this year. You know, we've I feel like we've tamed that part of her. She we we we're in this mess because she thought that she knew better than the captain and we're coming up and we're doing that again and I'm not sure either that or we're definitely going to lose Saru and she's going to have to step in as captain. But I wonder why I we're... think she Yeah, I think that um Saru kind of put her in her place and she she listened. You know what I mean? She's kind of she's doing the right things as far as following orders so far. Yeah. Like She's like, if my arms were longer, oh I could reach up and Vulcan nerve pinch him, no problem. <laughs> Probably. So anyway, it's just uh, like the uh, – I just want to plant that. You know, it could uh, – maybe it'll grow. Maybe it won't. We don't know. Mm-hmm. But uh, I wanted to log that in. I've got another uh, quick theory from the internet. Uh, so I don't take credit for this one. But uh, it might not actually be a theory. It might be what they were suggesting. But, you know, we see a Voyager in this episode. And we don't see a lot of it. But it seems like the saucer, or at least the forward uh, section, is uh, very similar to the Voyager we know. So there's a theory on the internet. It sure does. Based on, yeah, based on the way they say, like, an evolution of the ship and not, like, a replacement, that this is the original Voyager. It's just been upgraded, like, 11 times. 
And what do you think that would mean for Discovery? The show Discovery, not the ship Discovery. Oh, I, I don't know. Uh, the, the, the second part of the theory is that nobody mm-hmm. knows exactly when Star Trek Prodigy is going to take place. And so if mm-hmm. they are seeding, seeding Voyager into the 32nd century, maybe it'll be a 32nd century show. And we'll have a hologram or something or, or a time-displaced you know, little Katie Janeway, just like we talked about on, on a previous show. Can you imagine? Oh, my Kid God. Kid Janeway, yeah. I, I would lose it with Kid Janeway drinking her coffee. Yeah. I would live. <laughs> this um, is terrible. That'd be fantastic. I like dark roast. Yeah, right. Yeah. So uh, just just kicking kicking things around. <laughs> I mean, I think what you said though about just going back to your your first theory about Sneakwa Martin Green being bigger than the show, I think that that's true. Um, and, Absolutely, yeah. And um, I definitely could. I I just think that that her being off of the show, like right, like within the, by the end of the season or something like that, I feel like that's too soon um or, or maybe not going to happen i don't know i could be wrong but i, I just feel like she's going to stick around a little bit longer than that but yeah um but yeah she definitely is i i mean she's a huge presence uh in this show and um uh, it just wouldn't be the same show without her so it really wouldn't well and she i mean she just you know lit up the screen on the walking dead um i would i would even i would dare to say that the walking dead took more advantage of her talents than disco has so far but um obviously she's so amazing in disco as well i don't know there's certainly no uh reticence from the creators of the of these shows to kind of cross-pollinate uh so to speak considering the subject matter um and, <laughs> and seed other things and so i can't imagine that it's uh, a coincidence that we are digging more into Giorgio and having giving her a little side thing, and it makes me wonder if David Cronenberg will be on the Section Thirty One show. Oh! Didn't you get like? Don't you uh, think that yeah, he is? Yeah. That was the old. He's future. Wait, I'm, I'm so sorry. Should I know? That's the old guy with the yeah, glasses. Yeah, that's the yes. old guy with the glasses. Oh, a hundred percent. He is going to be on that show. Yeah. I'm embarrassed too because I do have a confession to make. I didn't know what he looked like, so I did not know. Well, that why that was why would he's not an actor? Why would I you know? know? <laughs> why, say hello to the old flesh. Yeah, it's like why would you know what he looks like? He's not supposed yeah. to be in front of the camera. But what he yeah. likes to he likes to be in the movies. So let him do it. He's, he's got a very distinct look about him, though. Yeah, well, he's he got. Does. He looks like you. Uh, they let the air out of Carl Lagerfeld a little bit. <laughs> Wow, we guys get that great. All right, hey, I'm I'm batting a thousand. All right, uh, let's get let's <laughs> let's talk uh, more uh, about the body of the show. Uh, Die trying. What'd you guys think of Die Trying? Uh, guest Megan Hanna, give us what you thought. Um, I don't know what I was expecting. Um, like, uh, but uh. We heard all this talk at the beginning of the season, like, oh, you're from the Federation. They don't really exist anymore. And like, and then like, here they are. And yeah, okay, they, they, they're keeping pretty much to themselves. But I guess what I was envisioning at the beginning of the season was 
basically Discovery having to, and which is not what they did, and that's fine. But basically, Discovery having to traverse across the 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 present universe that they're in to try to find the pieces of the Federation and try to bring everybody back together. <laughs> there are six pieces of the Federation, well, and we must yeah. find them. All. <laughs> and we will unite them because that's what we do. Um, and that's not what happened. And that's fine. It's just I wasn't expecting to find a well-oiled machine already in progress or Mm. process, you know, and um, uh, I I get like the 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 mistrust and everything, um, but it seems like they could have like logged on to their computers and gotten all the information that they needed to know. And then it's like, well, time travel is a crime. Well, if it is a crime, then why is it okay by the end of the episode? I don't know. Uh, <laughs> uh, but uh, I guess I liked the, um, the adventure onto the seed ship. Yeah. Probably yeah. the yeah. most mm-hmm. out of the um, entire episode. Yeah. Um, Let's uh let's uh like a seed we'll uh put a cotyledon okay. around that and we'll save that for later. Um uh, this is a, uh, this is exactly how I expected it to go from the very beginning like since they first announced oh, okay. like what the premise was. Um even down to I mean I didn't know that Schreiber was going to give a like a speech about the renaissance but I always I always <laughs> thought that that's what that this was going to be. Right? They were going to be the spark that reignites the fire of the Federation, right? They get to the Federation, the for, the uniforms are gray, the guy's gray, everything's gray. You know, they're they're depressed about yeah, it. They sure. they're on, they're playing defense, and these guys are going to come in and go. We got a like a basically like a Victrola for a ship compared to you guys' stuff, but we're your mascot now. We're going to remind you. You know, it's like bringing you know George Washington to the future, and he goes, "Oh my God." Uh, but uh, but also he would be inspiring, you know, to Americans um, once he figured out what a TV was. Uh, it's that's sort of like once he figured out how not a, not to be racist, he'd be like, "All right, here <laughs> yes, we go. yes." He's like, "Yeah, right." <laughs> um, and yeah. So I mean, that's that's always what was on sale, right? Ella, what, what did you what did you think? How did you think that the the episode sort of fit or didn't fit into that? I mean, I guess I also kind of thought that it would be a little bit more based around Disco kind of linking bits of the, you know, the Federation gauntlet uh, together. But um, I I think I was more satisfied with them arriving to this place that, like, isn't necessarily welcoming because it's like, you've been gone for hundreds and hundreds of years. Why would they not be a little suspicious? And why would they not want to ask you a bunch of questions? And why would they immediately trust you to, like, carry out an important mission? Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah, that's tr- all true. Yeah, yeah. That's a, they we conf- I, I mean, it bothered me at first, but by the end, I thought I, mean, I think it does kind of make sense that um, they are they want to split the crew up and they want to you know tear the ship down for parts or whatever or to study it, and that all makes sense. Something that we've always had on Star Trek is that like we get these casts together and TV casts have contracts, so they're not going to die and they're not going to get transferred. But that's not how the military works. People transfer all the time, mm-hmm. you know, and you short, yeah, serve true. very short times with people and they take off and go other places because they're needed other places. And I think this is like the first time in Star Trek that it actually makes sense because 
the Admiral's probably relieved at the end. He's like, oh, great, we don't have to re- give a thousand years of education to these idiots. Like, they can all stay together. They've got, they're the wackiest ship in the army. They've got, like, their own way to do things. And so maybe they'll be useful in that capacity. Like, I think that that makes a lot of sense. Um, although, if they have the I budget. I think. If, I was just going to say, if they have the budget and the time, I'd love to see them all. Uh, you know, scattered to other ships and <laughs> different jobs and like have at least one episode where we get to see them, you know, hating like their new job, of, you know, Stamets. Yeah. Stamets is serving mashed potatoes or something like that in the, <laughs> in the commissary and with a hairnet and they, they all just hate what they're doing. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like if I was um, uh, uh, Admiral Salt and Pepper, what's his <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't remember. Um, my initial <laughs> yeah my initial reaction would not be to like separate the crew that is clearly bound together because they chose to jump into the future with each other like i feel like there's like this like they have like a trauma bond that i would not really want to mess with yeah. separating breaking yeah. yeah like i would not my first reaction would not be like well this is starfleet so you will all be reassigned i'd be like this is a, let's keep you guys uh together for a little while at least <laughs> it's it, it's interesting because it makes me wonder like uh, you know i'm not a historian but uh but i like history and we think about all these we have to sort of imagine what happened at these great battles we have to imagine what it felt like to be george washington for instance you know um yeah. crossing uh the delaware and you know we 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 can only imagine then but once you invent video and digital storage you never have to imagine anything ever again so sure there's a displacement where uh yeah admiral salt and pepper push it like you know he has to like go well <laughs> Great. These thousand year old people show <laughs> these thousand year old people show up. We got our own problems. Like you guys don't have any problems at all. You're dead, basically. Um, but they could just literally show him like a 3D hologram of the gigantic battle and fighting control and like the Red Angel doing all this stuff. And it would be like, oh, I guess that was kind of that was kind of important, huh? Or show him some of the take a little bit of the sphere data. And he's just like, oh, my God, this this data is incredible. Like, where'd you get this? But instead, yeah, you're right. It's just like, who are these guys? I felt like we could have found a new evolution of the two things I'm describing. Yeah. Yeah, I was just like, there has to be so many things that they could just be like, look at this. (laughs) You know? It's just like, (laughs) this is the sphere. Like, they could, like, do they know yet? (laughs) <laughs> the, the sphere data is basically I don't know what we're doing with their computer or yeah whatever. I don't know if anybody knows we've just that's just that okay. sometimes in like uh I've done a lot of like uh, uh game mastering for role-playing games and sometimes you get a thing that maybe that you mention to the players or maybe they figure out on their own and it becomes this like side thing where suddenly they just know and they have this you know we could always do the thing and it's the, the game master you're like I never you guys are assuming that that's a thing I never told you that that's a thing and so maybe I've got to go and like write up something so if they do the thing, they'll have a thing. And that's how I feel about the sphere data. Like it's, <laughs> it was introduced so abruptly and then kind of solved kind of abruptly or at least put away and, and then they would solve it later. But so, yeah, I mean, I think that's still a factor. When you said like they could, they've got so many things they could show them. I thought you meant like they pick up a chair and like throw it down on the ground. See, it's just a chair. It doesn't turn into anything else. <laughs> We're really from the past. <laughs> Uh, their well, chairs yes. have actual legs. 
Yeah, our chair well, the seat like, doesn't look, float. It stands on the floor. <laughs> yeah. You can tip it over. Uh, I like what you said about um, the Federation and collecting things, both of you, and specifically Ella, about the idea that they would have to be hooking things up. Maybe that's still going to be a thing, but I don't think that, like, you know, in this post-burn world, we don't really know how propulsion works and what they do, but we do know that, you know, it's a little Easter egg, but it's telling. Um, when they first come in, we see on a display that they're, um, they've got a connection to the Kazon clan sphere or something like that. And so they're in contact with the Delta Quadrant. Like, presumably, the Federation is galactic at this point. Like, they have gone all over the place. So unless they're, maybe they're cut off from those places, but they've definitely expanded um, throughout the entire galaxy, it seems like. Or they're just using those old satellites that uh, Voyager used in its last uh, season to contact the Kazon <laughs> for some reason. <laughs> hey, you guys are still out there? You still suck. Okay. Love you, too. <laughs> well, it seems like a lot of um, different planets. You know, I know they've, they they travel in time a thousand years. So, so sure. obviously, I guess, like, have joined the Federation who weren't part of it. Yeah, Kaminar's joined. Yeah. Um, yeah. Barzan's joined. Uh, it seems like right. the Kazon have joined. Yeah. Although they're so, down, well, at some point, now they're down to 38 worlds. Right, right. So a lot have joined that weren't previously a part of it, but what happened to all the other worlds? Like, are they still out there or did they just leave the Federation or what? <laughs> well, we saw, you know, an example with Earth where they're like, yeah, they can't protect us anymore. So what I want to know is if Earth has left the Federation, I mean, it seems like Admiral salt and Peppa is like uh, a human, right? So there's still humans. <laughs> there's still humans serving in the Federation, but Earth as a world has has withdrawn. I feel like there's probably a lot of worlds that like after the burn, they either they either assumed because of the burn that they would not hear from Starfleet for a long time or that it like Starfleet itself had, you know, disintegrated or they're like, you know, Starfleet left us. We haven't heard from them in however many years. Who knows? Yeah. Um, I think it's interesting, uh, that, you know, they talked about the distance between worlds being a problem. So it's like, well, we should see a ton of Andorians, Talarians, and where are the Vulcans? Like, we should see the member worlds, yeah. you know, the founding member worlds, since they're they're close together um, from a galactic perspective. I wonder where the Vulcans are. That's the that was my question. question. I mean, yeah, they seem I really. I was absent. waiting for Salt and yeah. Papa to say something about them. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um. Well, uh, that's clearly a mystery that uh, I guess we're going to find out later. Um, what else? Uh, well, we've, they're dropping another thing. Uh, we, we, now we've got the emerald chain. Uh, they keep me- uh, sort of coyly measuring, or measuring, mentioning uh, in the episode. What do you guys think the emerald chain is? Um, is it not the earrings that I just ordered from a lesbian on Etsy? Could be. <laughs> it absolutely. I'm not ruling that out. <laughs> I'm glad you laughed because (laughs) I did just order some earrings from a friend of a friend that are like jade chains. Okay, (laughs) But the joke landed them happy. Anyways. (laughs) (laughs) They sound sound awesome, Ella. Um, (laughs) I'm imagining them right now. Uh, (laughs) 
And I think that that is what they were talking about. They're like, well, you know, there is this big Trek fan out there named Ella. And <laughs> that's why Jet didn't know what it was. Yeah, right. Yeah, because Jet doesn't wear earrings. You know, she, you're, you're an engineer. You don't want to get jewelry caught in machinery and stuff. So she's like, I don't know what that is. Uh, um, the why... Romulans like green. They do. All their stuff's green. Well, their ships and stuff. So maybe that's what the Emerald Chain is. I'm just trying to figure it out. Are they trying to? Is it? it Am I? Did she say it was the? She said it was like the. I'm not going to get the right like aliens. I thought she said it was like the Andorian Orion Alliance. Like, didn't she say something like that? Wasn't it? Am I thinking a different thing? Oh, if she did, I I totally missed that. Um, yeah, I, I think I thought that. Oh, I thought that Jet was like eating her chips and salsa, and she was like, "I don't know what that is," and she was like, "The Andorian Orion Alliance." Oh. But I don't think those are the right aliens. But I thought she said something like that. Okay, that's possible. Um, I was watching her eat her chips, so. <laughs> I mean, me too. God. <laughs> Um, as I said before, like the, uh, the, um, closed captioning doesn't work on my, uh, PS4 for CBS all access for some reason. So, and, uh, so yeah. Okay. So it's Andorians and Orions working together. Was that, that was probably mentioned in, um, that hope is you. Well, I can't, should I double check? Well, you, you, you I check on that. I, I believe you. I believe you. Um, let's talk about, let's let this seed grow. Let's talk about the seed vault ship. Yes. Um, do you guys notice, I I know that like Star Trek, previous Star Trek shows have used scientific concepts and things, you know, to spur like storytelling and plot sometimes. But like, I always feel like Discovery does it so ham handedly, like there's nothing going on and somebody's like, coronal ejection, (laughs) you know, like, or CME, uh, a seed vault. Elon Musk. Elon Musk, everybody. <laughs> it uh, does seem to happen a lot. <laughs> a seed vault is, is certainly is a thing, you know, that, uh, you know, we've got on our planet um, and has been in the news recently because they made a, like a millennial seed vault and then it leaked and a lot of the seeds got ruined. But um, <gasps> oh, yeah, no. yeah, I was in like Iceland. Well, global warming, like climate change melted an I- uh, a glacier and it hurt the seed vault. So um, make it Gosh. waterproof. But uh, that, you know, the idea of a, a coronal mass eject, ejection, it's like, I enjoy the real science, but we're in the 32nd century. Like, let's, where's the fake science? I don't know. Um, uh, I was right. Sorry. I was right. It's Andorians and Orions. She's back. <laughs> Did I cut um, out? No, no. Um. My problem, I guess, with that scene where it's um, uh, uh, Tilly and Stamets and uh, Tignataro, like, figuring out what happened, it's like, the, the, it's like, it could have just been one character saying all of those lines. Like, um, I know that they're all, like, engineers and that they all have, like, knowledge in this area, but I I just feel like they could have written it better so it's not like they were finishing each other's 
sandwiches. sandwiches. Yeah. Not beat you to it. <laughs> yeah, but that's um, but the point was to show um, Lieutenant Lemonface right. that like we we <laughs> have our own we've got We're our own we've got our own thing. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I suppose. Although whether um, she'd be convinced by that, I, I have no idea. But it, it worked. Well, she said she was convinced. So yeah. she's convinced. Yeah. Um, but I I don't know. I I mean, I get what you're saying. Like, it, they don't have to use – they can use actual science and they can use, like, like made-up science because it is science fiction and, and we'll, we'll – you know, we will believe it. So just – Make it believable within the <laughs> yeah. world of the show, and we're good. Yeah, I know. You know? Yeah, yeah. You, <laughs> you, your ship runs on like a mushroom, magic mushroom network. So <laughs> we're in. We're in at this point. Yeah, yeah. yes. We're running out of time. Yes. We gotta, we gotta move on. Um, any other thoughts about the seed vault or about uh, Doctor uh, Forehead, who runs the seed vault, and his his family? That whole storyline. Uh, the ship was really cool it looked really cool um i was really excited when that first started that um uh that culver and non were with uh michael because i feel like that's we haven't really seen that before i feel like we haven't really seen the doctor on an away mission that much (laughs) i was worried for culver because I was well, worried for Culver. The last time those two got together, the, the third didn't work out too well. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, you're right. Yeah. Um, when Michael was like, why don't you get behind us? I was yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah right. Michael, you want to yeah. take a step back? <laughs> <laughs> um, I, but I, you know, I thought that was cool. I kind of wanted <laughs> to learn more about all their their culture, though. Like, they're kind of telling us a little bit, but she was like, well, we view de- death differently, but they didn't really elaborate on how. Well, I missed the and... Emerald Chain thing, so maybe they did say something and I wasn't paying attention, but it did. No, it... because she just, I she said that and then I got a little bit huffy because I was like, in, in, a, in any other Star Trek episode, she would have elaborated. It would have been a whole 90 second thing and there would have been a joke at the end and then we would move on. Like, I wanted to know. I wanted to know. Well, yeah. it was so, yeah, it was so, we, we, it was enticing because we don't, you know, this is a race that we saw yeah. in that one episode. Yeah. And so right. th- they're, they're, they're kept being like the one thing where she says, um, oh, that's, you know, that's the Barzan way, diligence and poverty. And I was like, oh, my God, I'm Barzan. I didn't know that. I'm, <laughs> I'm poor and, I, and I'll never stop working on the things I like working on. Um, but, uh, yeah, they're kept being, especially for like her wrap up episode. I mean, I assume she'll, you know, show up to help at the end in the, in the finale or something like that. But it seems like non is off the show. It does. It definitely yeah. does. And I and don't suddenly. understand it. <laughs> it's very sudden. And like, you know, um, like her name was in the credits this season. So I just, I really don't understand. <laughs> um, I didn't I understand like- why they hugged because I don't really think that those characters are very close. I mean, I know that everybody on Discovery has been through a lot, um, but I don't know. Maybe we're just supposed to believe that everybody on the ship is best friends. But <laughs> just, um, but that was a. I, I I know it was it was a sad moment. Like she's she's leaving. Um, it, it's very sudden, and like. <laughs> 
And then, like, she just watched his discovery, like, jump away. So, yeah. Which leaves in, like, 15 seconds. It's like, I need Seriously? my clothes. Black alert. They're gone. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's uh, – I don't know. I, I have to imagine that she's going to come back. Um, I, I think that she – you know, Michael feels all the emotions. <laughs> and I think well, that she she felt, you know, the the sort of pain that Nan felt about, you know, just be, just having missed – Maybe making the wrong decision. Maybe she had no choice, but like missing her her home world and her planet. What I think is funny is that clearly Michael, there's I can't remember what the term for it is, but like Michael has picked her her unit. She's picked her pack, and it's like the crew of the Discovery because she always says in like the same episode she was like, "We're a family, you know. We we are Starfleet, and we have to stay together." And then the head of Starfleet starts telling her stuff, and she's like, "This guy's not shit. Like we can we can go out and get the thing." And it's like, <laughs> "You're back. You're back with the family now. This is the patriarch of the family." She's like, "I forget this guy. It doesn't matter." <laughs> so she's picked her unit, and it is you know Saru, Stamets, and Nan, and Tilly, and everybody else. And I understand that what they've when been through. Saru, <laughs> when they were talking, and Saru was like, "Get your hands on!" I was like, yeah, "I right. mean, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that was great." <laughs> it's yeah. like she forgot oh, where God. she was for a minute, you know. Yeah, yeah we got to get in there and steal it. <laughs> yeah, she was like, "If yes. we can just steal this thing, yeah." I, I'm, you know what? Sometimes, you know, sometimes you got to do what you got to do. Jo- and, Doug uh, Jones. Hopefully, it doesn't end with a war with the Klingons. Yeah, well, <laughs> Doug Jones yeah, showed restraint. Doug Jones showed restraint in not putting a huge hand, you know, up to his up to his throat, like oh, you, you, get your hands <laughs> on. I don't think so. Uh, I what else? Uh, non off the show. Um, it looks like um, I still think that we are. Uh, you just saw the backdoor pilot for the Section Thirty One show. I think that. Um, they are definitely setting something up there that will continue uh, into her thing. Um, I, I think it would be interesting to, you know, we've already seen this in Star Trek with the idea of um, Daniels, you know, uh, kind of giving uh, Archer orders in the temporal Cold War, which is brought back into canon or at least confirmed in canon uh, with this episode, which I think is cool. Um and I could yeah. see like Cronenberg or a Cronenberg-like figure, and I don't mean that the way I mean. I mean like a guy like David Cronenberg, not like a bleh, like monster thing, uh, giving <laughs> giving Giorgio orders like from the future, like the future trying to reorganize the past to maybe help them out, you know, in the future uh, using Section Thirty-One or a rebuilt Section Thirty-One in the twenty-third century to do that. Yeah, I could, um, I could definitely see that happening. Do you do you think that um how are they are are they going to um try to build the federation up to what it was before do you think um just in the show or in my crazy theory about uh Cronenberg <laughs> puppeting uh Giorgio in the past <laughs> um it both <laughs> Uh, I don't really know. I mean, I, I think we all I, I don't want to sidetrack on this too much because we'll be talking about this for discoverage when uh, Section 31 comes out. But like, I don't nobody really knows what a Section 31 show would be yet. You know, we don't know if it'll be examining, you know, the underbelly, the dark side of the of Starfleet or if it'll be 
just a kind of a more spy, you know, non-ship focused type thing, uh, adventure type thing. Can um, you, if it's like a spy show, I will, I will lose, I will lose it. I'm yeah. so excited. I hope it, it will be, yeah. Yeah, like, a, you know, a Julian Bashir, uh, but just in uh, the 23rd century. <laughs> That could be great. Yeah, except with Garrick, who's ruthless. Garrick. Yeah, oh Garrick, right? Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, it'd be... Bring them back somehow. I don't... It'd be like... I, I, maybe Alton, I, dude, get the McCormick on the phone right now, right this second. Get sure. Uh, yeah, I don't Wait, know how they... Uh, it's 2 a.m. in England. <laughs> it'd have to be... Well, <laughs> it'd have to be um, like a young Anabrantane or something like that. You know, you you cast somebody... You cast oh, a young... Sure a young Paul Dooley and have him uh, sort of getting, uh, getting uh, the reins of the, of the spy thing together. That would be really neat. I want a good show. I would be interested in watching that. Yeah. (laughs) Holy cow. That or I do think that they should get Andy Robinson to play like old Garrick. And then he's just, you know, I would, the way I would sob, do it like uh, if you guys remember. Uh, I don't know if, if anybody remembers the um, the Young Indiana Jones Chronicles, where yes, yes, do that with like and instead of old Indy, it's old Garrick. And it's just a series of like <laughs> bars and spas and like massage parlors, and he's just like. Then there was the time that I, you know, and then we just go back and we go to like a you know a recast Garrick, a young Garrick story where he's you know doing something oh my or other. God. That would, that's we give millions idea. of dollars away on this show every Thursday. So, dude, stop talking. Get some of it on you. CBS. Yes, yeah. right. <laughs> Mark, trademark, enterprising individuals, twenty twenty. <laughs> <laughs> I did like, at the end of the episode where uh, where Saru is explaining um, the 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 example of the um, of the, the Dark Ages and the and the, the Renaissance emerging. I thought that was great, but as a as a Kelpian. <laughs> To a human, it's like, did you just Kelpian explain the Dark Ages to me? Excuse me, this is my people's. <laughs> you guys were picking seaweed <laughs> twenty years ago. Come on. But he's like, please. But they joined the Federation. How sweet that's, was that? Yeah, they moment? did. Yeah, I think that's yeah. And Saru's reaction was subdued, but really, but really nice. I mean, Doug Jones is still, you know, remains so talented underneath. All of that plastic. Um, I wanted to mention one thing really quick and then we'll uh, shut it down. Um, I know a lot of people, a lot of podcasts that I listen to that talk about discovery have been talking about the idea of exploring trauma in this season, um, focusing a lot, of course, on um, the pilot (laughs) whose my head trauma keeps me from knowing the name. Who's the pilot? Detmer. 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 That's it. I knew. Yeah. 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 and exploring it through her, and it seemed like we'd reached kind of a plateau last week, but it, it you know it came back a little bit this week, and I wonder if there will be, you know, a melodramatic TV series sort of climax to this, or if it'll just be something. Maybe the the message will be more about living through trauma and sort of experiencing it uh, every day or in little bursts, and having to sort of just you know just live with it and kind of conquer it instead of her flipping out and, you know, stealing a shuttlecraft or, or like it would be on TNG. Huh. Well, I feel kind of bad because I feel like every other week I've been like, something's wrong with her. 
Something's Something wrong up with, with her. Detmer. I'm suspicious. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And then this uh, this week, I was like, is it just that? Is it just PTSD? Am yeah. <laughs> I being overly paranoid? Maybe it's a woman who Shots survived. I thought was amazing oh. of that that went slightly. Literally. <laughs> yeah. 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 She's just somebody um, who survived a war with the Klingons and went, yeah. went to the mirror universe and, uh, you know, and has been thrown into the future all in like probably about six months. So, and then, <laughs> yeah. you know, whacked her head really hard after whacking her head really hard before. Could just be the mental illness love, but I did feel bad this week. Cause I was like, I feel like I've been being like, something's wrong with Detmer. And then this week I was like, Maybe it's just the PTSD with that almost slow motion shot of her hands just flexing. I was like, oh, you just aren't feeling well. Yeah. Something's wrong with her. (laughs) She can't write a poem. I know. So bad. I was like, oh, no. I mean, to be fair, I think they're trying to telegraph that something is not quite right with her, you know? But they're – it's just little snippets each week, right? So that's I think the 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 challenging part about it. Like they're they're not really showing us any like more. So right, like is it like PTSD? Is it her just dealing with trauma a little bit every day? Like or is she going to flip out? No, <laughs> like, no. Okay. I I want to make sure that I that my opinion is clear. Um because it's my show. Uh what I'm saying is is that I think I think that they're I think that they're well, – I hope that they're, I guess, um, addressing this idea, which I think is a good thing uh, to look at in a character who's you know in military or war all the time in, in snippets because if this was TNG, first of all, this probably wouldn't be one of the main characters. This would be – a boy whose parents were killed and now he you know thinks he's an android and he's following data around you know or it'd be something like that and that character or a kid who's a screw up and he steals a shuttlecraft you know and he wants to blow up or kill himself because he doesn't think he has a future or if it was one of our main characters they would be psychically affected by something you know or their dad comes on board or something like that it would you know it would be a one episode thing and because right. a, a discovery is more of a long movie it's more we're living with these characters we can't just i was a little disappointed last week when she went and talked to culber and went i got problems and i thought oh that's it like we're done with it and I, we're not done with it and i think that's that's good um because i think that it gives them a chance to i say land again i don't think they need to find a climax for this but it gives them a chance to play this out more in her character and, and see, you know, a more realistic depiction of this rather than just, oh, we fixed it and now it's, you know, it won't be here next week. Yeah, I mean, I hate to make this comparison, but what it brings up uh, for me is like Iron Man 3 when he, oh yeah you know, Tony Stark, who's been through so much, he's like, he like has a panic attack and he's like, what's happening? And she's like, you have anxiety. And he's like, me? No, never. But it's like, yeah, dude, you've been through a lot. So yeah, I hope that, um, it is that, you know, that I, I mean, not that I want Detmer's character to suffer in that way, but I, the representation, like you said, of, um, like the anxiety or the PTSD or just dealing with the trauma, I think it would be like fantastic. And really important. especially, I think it's so interesting watching, um, Owo kind of reach out and yeah. Detmer push her away a little bit every time I think is so realistic. 
I like, yeah, I like that too. And I think it serves it. I would really like to see more from all of our bridge, all of our bridge characters. Once again, we get another yes. week where, oh, yeah. oh, and everybody gets a line and then we just cut to Bryce and Reese and they're like, yeah, we're happy. <laughs> like they don't get to say anything. I but what, it no, does, no lines. It doesn't really, it doesn't matter. But <laughs> Because they're side characters, it's it reminds me a lot of TOS, where sometimes you'd get, um, you know, you get George, Joe Tormelin or um, some navigator that we haven't seen before, and they would be the center of that story. And then you would see Sulu, like, you know, watch them freak out and be like, are you okay? Come on. Hey, you got to set, set the thing here. And we'd see, we'd see little snippets of it instead of Troy's going I'm nuts. Not, I'm sorry. That was kind of a solid impression. Oh, well, let's not get into that. But, uh... <laughs> But yeah, but but it doesn't it doesn't have to be the whole show, you know. It, it can be a nice little runner that we can keep revisiting, and I think they're um, so far they're doing yeah. a good job with that. Okay, so this is it. Shuttle shuttlecraft doors going up. Oh, I I wanted to mention something. I knew really there was quick. something else. Um, so I heard about this um on a a trek group that i'm a part of on facebook and i looked it up and sure enough i mi- i totally miss this but did you guys notice that in the shipyard um there's a ship called the uss nog <laughs> no no yes yes Aww. and it's uh um so uh, according to uh kurtzman the ship was named of course after nog and it is, according to him, an Eisenberg class vessel. So, <laughs> nice. Yeah. That's nice. So that's so sweet. Yeah. Hauling self-stealing uh, stem bolts all across the galaxy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, that's great. That's a great note for us to end on it this week. Uh, thanks for joining us, listeners. If you like what you hear, you can follow us on Facebook and Twitter at EIST Pod for updates and to get notified when new episodes of both Enterprising Individuals and Discoverage are released. You can tweet to us on the show using the hashtag Discoverage or email us at EISTPOD at gmail.com. And if you like the show, tell a friend. Discoverage will return on November 19th for the sixth episode of Season 3 of Star Trek Discovery. That episode is entitled Scavengers. And I just lost my place in my notes, which will actually, it will feature the return of David Ayala. Just a week late, he's back as book, and it's going to have a head blow-up prison, it looks like. So that's fun. Uh, We'll be here next Thursday to cover it. We'll be going live once again at 7 p.m. Central, so join us then. You can follow us on Twitter or Facebook at EISTpod to get notified when we're going live and we're broadcasting. In the meantime, you can check out our main show, Enterprising Individuals, at enterprisingindividuals.com. Every Wednesday on the show, I and a special guest discuss in excruciating detail a selected episode from a Star Trek series. We also have new uh, we also have news from the Trek sphere and interviews with special guests. Our latest episode just dropped and on it I'm joined by Josh Zelikovitz. Josh is one of the hosts of the podcast Star Trek and the Jews, a show that explores representations of Jews and Judaism in Star Trek. Did you know that the Klingon Day of Honor was designed specifically as an analog of the Jewish holiday of Yom Kippur? You would know that and a lot more if you were a listener of Star Trek and the Jews. They're on Twitter at at StarJews, and you can hear that episode at EnterprisingIndividuals.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Ella, thanks as always for joining me to talk about tonight's episode of Star Trek Discovery. Remind people where they can find you online. 
Thank you. Um, my main podcast is called Generations Geek. So you can find us at Generations Geek on all social media and wherever you listen to podcasts. And my uh, personal account is at Gondergold everywhere. Fantastic. And Mika, always great to have you. Thanks for being on the show. Where can people find Thanks you online? Yeah, uh, so I uh, um, you can find me at justenoughtrope.com, and uh, Sailor Noob is um, on, on all the um, – wow, I can't talk. Um, it's on Facebook at Sailor Noob, and at, on Instagram and Twitter at Noob underscore Sailor, and we just joined Tumblr, and we're at Sailor Noob, too, because somebody else had Sailor Noob, I guess. <laughs> <Darn> um, <it>. <laughs> <laughs> How many sailor um, noobs can you have? I know. Um, and uh, and then I met Mikan Hana on, on Twitter. Awesome. And that is it for us. Thanks for listening. We're signing off. This is Aaron for Ella and Mika Singh. Live long and prosper.